Yours is so much better. <laughs> we have to go back. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Flashback Flicks podcast. I am Ricky. I am Grayson Howe. And in theaters coming out soon in this year of 2015 at the recording of this podcast is the Peanuts movie. Yeah. Copywritten song. We and, now um, owe $2,000. <laughs> We're so sorry. Um, yeah. And, um, and that movie is probably going to be amazing. I'm excited to see it. Um, but then we decided um, what movie we should review here on the flashback flicks. And originally we were talking about doing like the, some of the TV specials, right? Right. Uh, like around the holiday times. Cause they had pretty much a special for every major holiday. Yeah. There were a ton of peanut specials, uh, but then I stumbled across uh, the first Charlie Brown movie, which was named a boy named Charlie Brown, which was the first time I had ever even heard of this movie. I thought this was the first time I had heard the movie. And then when I watched it, I realized I used to watch this movie almost every day as a child. <laughs> no way. Yeah. So a lot of the bits that I think of in Peanuts canon, uh, I thought were in other movies, but they were all just combined in this one movie. And this is the movie I've been watching since mm. I was a kid. Wow. I just never really clicked that that's what it was called. It was just Charlie Brown time. <laughs> Man, was it like a recorded VHS that you oh, watched yeah. it on? Yeah. Yeah. I think we recorded it off TV. Yeah. Yeah. Because I had never seen this movie. Because um, the Charlie Brown specials I'm used to seeing are like the Big Pumpkin or the Christmas mm-hmm. or the first Christmas special. And actually a second one. Because I saw some clips online of like Linus trying to go down the slope uh, with a cardboard box or something. I was like, I, re- I distinctly remember this scene. Oh, yeah, that second... It's Christmas again, Charlie Brown. Yep, yeah. <laughs> that's the one. Uh, but yeah, they had a ton of TV specials. Uh, mm-hmm. But this was their first movie, um, and we're going to go into that. Uh, so some history for you guys, um, that this film is technically a, a comic strip adaptation, because... The film was based on a series of Peanuts comics originally published in the newspapers in 1966. Um, And I think, I don't know, I mean, this is a fairly early episode of the Flashback Flicks podcast, but this movie has a 94% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Not too shabby. Right? I don't know if we will rate a movie higher than that. Unless we get into some Disney films. But. Yeah, unless we do Toy Story 2, which I think <laughs> yeah. is one of the highest. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that movie. But yeah, so um, the history of that movie, that movie was made and um, it re- released in 1969. And, um, and the voice actor who played uh, Charlie Brown was Peter Robbins. And this was his last feature, um, or this is his last time as the role of Charlie Brown, as the voice of Charlie Brown. Um, so he had done the other specials, yeah. but since this was the first movie, he did that. Okay. Yeah, so, the, so the, the movie was the last project that he did before he left the Peanuts series. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And, fun fact, uh, with the new Peanuts movie coming out, 
the voice of Snoopy and Woodstock are used from voice archives uh, because they want to pay tribute to the original voice of Snoopy. And uh, a similar thing actually happened fairly early on in this movie. Uh, Charlie Brown uh, originated his "og" like at the end of the uh, at the end of the uh, spelling bee. He gives mm-hmm. an audible "og," and um, actually, I take that back. No, it said um, it was heard from Linus in one scene. Linus does his "og," and so does Charlie Brown. But Robin's scream would become a stock sound effect, and um, pretty much all the subsequent Peanut specials and movies. Um, up until the late 1990s. So anytime you heard a really loud "ah" scream, uh, not only for Charlie Brown, but also for the other characters, it was done by Peter Robbins. Oh, so he lives on in yeah. a different different way. Yeah. Interesting. And, uh, so so they just applied that same scream to anyone that needed to scream. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And because uh, it, it's such an iconic scream. Like I do think of that scream when I think of Charlie Brown a lot. Yeah, some other fun history and trivia is that this movie was the first of four theatrical release movies from the Peanuts gang. Uh, the Peanuts movie in 2015 being the fifth. And uh, the first two were a CBS special film presentation. CBS had the film division at one point in time. Hey, um, look at that. Yeah. And the no- movie was number one top grossing film for the uh, week ending um, in December 17th, 1969. Uh, grossing a total of two hundred and ninety thousand um, dollars, but and here's the other thing that I think is super interesting um, is that the movie got bounced back from number one the following week because a James Bond film came out, and, and they ran. used the same og in James Bond. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's what they did. Yeah, it just they made it sound more British. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I think there, I think now there's going to be a James Bond movie coming out or currently out. Yeah, Spectre. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, they're going to do You're a Good Spy, James Bond. <laughs> You're a good spy, James Bond. <laughs> You're the kind of spy we believe in. Oh, my gosh. Let's yeah. make that happen. <laughs> Soundtrack by Adele. Yes. Yes. Um, and then I think the other thing I have... And there is nothing. Great. So <laughs> let's get into the recap of the film. What do you think, Grayson? It's interesting because the film starts out with uh, him just laying on the grass, talking <laughs> with Lucy and Linus, and they're looking up at the clouds. And it sets the tone in a really interesting way because immediately you know that Lucy is the kind of person that is like judging the choices of others. Uh, <laughs> Linus is super intelligent. And then Charlie Brown is just like a dude that <laughs> is very simple in his thinking, but he, he is self-conscious about how he compares himself to others. So the initial scene is really interesting because they never really call back to it. It's just a cold open. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the subsequent scenes seem like they're unrelated, like just a sketch after like he's building a kite at one point, he's playing baseball. And then by the end of it, you realize these were all just episodes in his life that kind of culminate in his final performance whenever he is at the spelling bee, which is really the heart of the plot of this um, of this story that he is advancing his way to the national spelling bee. Mm -hmm. Uh, The thing that didn't necessarily seem like it fit into the movie as much were the was the opening song It's like this really somber song uh, called A Boy Named Charlie Brown. Oh yeah, it's really sad. It's 
pretty much like the Charlie related song that Charlie Bucket's mom sings in Willy Wonka. <laughs> you know, I was like, cheer up, Charlie. Yeah. Except a different song with the same sentiment. It reminded me of like a Randy Newman song. Yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, Charlie Brown. <laughs> He's building a kite. <laughs> He's trying to build the kite, but he can't build it. He's going to try again because the weather was sticky. Like, it was just, like, super sad. Like, when Buzz Lightyear's trying to fly, like, it's that yeah. kind of hopeful and sadness. I'm just like, why am I sad? We're all going to die someday. <laughs> Thanks, Randy. John LeBrow's having an existential crisis. Like, yeah. it's <laughs> That was the interesting thing. And that's what the yeah. movie, like, right after... The cloud scene opens up with that song. I was just like, that's an interesting placing for this song. But then, Mm -hmm. like, throughout the movie, there are just a couple of other musical numbers, but it kind of opens and closes with that song. I think that song really sets the tone, too, because in that opening sequence, there isn't any dialogue. Yeah. Uh, It's only that song. And so you're watching him try to make this kite unsuccessfully. And they're telling you everything you need to know about the character of Charlie Brown if you have never seen a Peanuts film strip, if you've never seen a a special or anything. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm caught up to speed Mm -hmm. by that song. Yeah. And then um, the other interesting thing about the movie going into the next scene. uh, So the next scene that happens is like they're playing baseball. And the interesting Mm -hmm. thing about this movie is that the movie at like two to three, no, three different points in in the movie the movie just stops and lets these musical moments happen. Right. I kid you not at like, they start playing baseball and they start talking about like baseball things. Movie stops and just mm-hmm. plays the whole national anthem, like from beginning to end. Yeah. <laughs> because baseball, I guess <laughs> like, uh, like Snoopy comes out, he sets up his record player and these speakers that he has in his doghouse, plays the national anthem from beginning to end, takes it down runs back and now they play baseball i'm like like were they just looking for filler or like it's such an interesting choice because like they just play the song in full where Mm -hmm. i feel like it would have just been like a small moment but like the movie like breaks like okay great let's take a let's take a moment and play the national anthem and they do the same thing with like a beethoven song and one point in time when snoopy plays hockey i'm just like what why why is the movie stopping for this? Like it was, it was interesting because you wouldn't see that typically with the kid, most kids' films. Like they'll play no. a part of a song, and that'll be it, and then they want you to buy the soundtrack kind of thing. But like this movie's like, no, we're playing the whole song. Like they play an entire Beethoven song. Mm-hmm. And Beethoven songs aren't known for their brevity. No, and I that is a common thing with Snoopy's bits and his shenanigans is that he is kind of a speed bump to the story. But in a good way, I think. And the kids even react like it's a speed bump. They're yeah. they're all just standing there watching him <laughs> yeah. being like, why is the dog setting up speakers? Yeah. Where did he get the money to afford these really nice speakers? <laughs> these are the questions I have. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think uh, them playing out the whole thing. I don't know if that is a, a patience thing on our part. Like, mm-hmm. are, are we more sensitive to like fast editing, watching it? today but like i remember watching back then i didn't think anything of it i was like ah it's the snoopy part 
<laughs> it's like I'm just going to listen to the entirety of the national anthem because I don't know where to cut off the national anthem. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, that, that was my other thought. I was like, well, maybe, yeah, where do you, like, where do you cut off the national anthem? Like, if you're going to have it, you're going to play the whole thing. Because, mm-hmm. like, that was the shortest of the musical numbers. But I thought it was interesting because it does happen a couple of different times where they just say, hey, we have a a song that's already, like, available for us to perform. We're going to play it all. And it's the first major stylistic jump in mm-hmm. the animation. So whenever the song kicks in, it's all stars and stripes. Yeah. Very much Mickey Mousing it with the animation hitting on the beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they even remove the characters from the baseball diamond to just be freeform characters that float through this red, white, and blue space. Yeah. And so they, you're like, okay, we're going to be playing with some of the styles along the way. Yeah, you could really tell that like this movie was... Like they were experimenting a lot because there's like a lot of rotoscoping. They use a lot of um, like live action uh, film, like intermixed in between. Uh, oh yeah, some of that negative space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they go into the baseball game and they start playing baseball. And Charlie Brown is just bad. He's so bad. <laughs> I I didn't realize this as as funny as a gag, but like Charlie Brown keeps on like getting the clothes knocked off of him. Yeah, like and... either like either his clothes are too baggy, or whoever they're playing against needs to be checked for steroids. Yeah, we never see the other team. Yeah, they could have been adults. I think in the Charlie were. Brown. World. Yeah, they're just playing full grown adults. Uh, and my favorite part about that bit, though, is that it happens three times. Like, rule of threes, and no. so when he's putting his clothes back on the third bit, Schroeder comes out and gives him some feedback of you're just putting your clothes back on too slowly <laughs> yeah it's it's not the fact that he's getting his clothes knocked off it's just like hey man you need to put your clothes back on faster if we're ever going to finish this game yes yeah, yeah. and then bit. so they lose the game and this is the interesting thing that i saw is like this movie takes a sharp turn from um turning into like this peanuts movie to like a wes anderson or like garden state film like Charlie Brown just goes into this whole scene of like self reflection. He's like, I can't play baseball. I can't find the. I can't fly a kite. Mm-hmm. Uh, even my bath boat sinks. Like he's like in this, taking a bath, and he has like a little bath boat, and it sinks. And he's just like, I was like, Am I watching Garden State? Like, or did Garden State watch this movie <laughs> to get their inspiration? Because like he just is like going through his life, and it's just him think like thinking while the background's changing and all these different things. I'm like. Oh man, poor Charlie Brown. He's in the indie film and he doesn't know it. <laughs> yeah. That, that's funny that you took that angle on it. I was watching it thinking, oh, he's the original Larry David. <laughs> he's bald and depressed. Yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and not happy about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, Snoopy, this is another point in time where uh, the movie takes a break. Uh, Snoopy has a dream sequence which uh, of him being the Red Baron. And fun fact, this whole sequence is from the Great Pumpkin special. That looked familiar. Yeah, so like he's dreaming about this, um, the Red Baron sequence that was in uh, the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown Christmas, or not Christmas special, uh, you know, the Great Pumpkin at Christmas time, uh, the Great Pumpkin Halloween special. And again, like they just play it out for like five minutes. It's extended, yeah. Yeah, and so I don't know if that was just like, again, like, 
I'm I'm curious to know if this was just because they wanted to stylistically like try out some things, or because they're like we can't stretch this movie out. Like I feel like some of these, like that sequence in particular, was like mm-hmm. stretch, especially if it's just the same footage from the Great Pumpkin. Yeah, that that does raise some questions. The movie itself is only eighty four minutes. Yeah. And so I, I could easily see them being like, hey, this is a theatrical release. We yeah. need to make it longer. Yeah. 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 But and then um, Lucy has just maybe one of my favorite scenes. Um, she uh, She's at her little um, psychiatric help uh, stand uh, for a five cent premium. Five cents. Yeah. And, um, and so she's like, hey, Charlie Brown, we're going to project your own, your, all your faults on the wall. <laughs> she uses slides <laughs> and projectors. Like, see, this is you um, having a prominent uh, failure face right here. And then, um, and then she's just, like, going through, like, projecting all of his failures on screen. And then she convinces him to do the football gag again. And I see that. And I'm like, okay, well, that was a football gag. I was expecting that. And she said, Charlie Brown, would you like to watch this on instant replay? Like, <laughs> uh, what? She goes over and she has like a sports, like a sports like giant like camera and a giant TV screen outside. And she's like, see Charlie Brown here. Look at you just running in slow motion. I laughed so hard at that because it just took what her normal gag is to like a whole new level. It's a great bit. And that's really the, the value of seeing this story in animation is that you can break those reality expectations and be like, yeah, she just has it. That was her her plan, or it, she doesn't even need any justification for yeah. why she has the machine. It's just that that is her. Yeah, like of course Lucy has like a, a catalog of Charlie Brown's failures on hand. It's like, oh, Charlie, yeah, come on, I, I have the perfect <laughs> thing for you. And of course, she has this giant film equipment <laughs> to record failure face Charlie Brown. Um, and so, so this whole premise of him being a failure kind of launches Charlie Brown into submitting himself to the spelling bee. Cause yeah, because he's, like, he's pretty down on himself. Like yeah. right after the Lucy event, Linus says, "You look like you've been through shock treatment or something." And he <laughs> says, "What's more shocking than having your faults projected on a screen?" <laughs> yeah. So he's pretty much like at at a new low. Yeah. I think the interesting thing about those slides too is that they're all um, slides where he is like in danger. Well, not all of them, but some of them are like he's like hanging from a tree, like upside down. <laughs> and if Lucy was taking these pictures, she's just watching him be in trouble without helping. Yep. So she's she's kind of a psychopath or a sociopath. Yeah. 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 Lucy definitely has issues. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, he joins the Spelling Bee because he is determined to prove that he's good at something because he's just so down on himself. So we have the whole kite scene at the very beginning because he's like, he's keep on, he keeps on harping on the fact that he can't do things that other kids can do. He's like, right. well, I can't fly a kite. I can't play baseball. And then... You can't he, grow hair. <laughs> yeah. It's like, my dog is just better than me. Yeah, because Snoopy flies the kite in his sleep. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was so great. It accidentally catches on his hand, and he just flies the kite. Yeah. Like, whoever can fly this kite is a genius. Just falls <laughs> into his hand and just flies up. Yeah. And so um, he's determined to prove that he's good at something. And it was at that point where I realized that Charlie Brown is Louis C.K. Oh. <laughs> like, he... Uh, 
like he just like all the different things that he couldn't do right and all like they, there's this whole song one of the original songs in the movie is called failure face and mm-hmm. it's just people chanting and cheering about how much of a failure Charlie Brown is. And I'm just like, Charlie Brown's walking back, and I'm just imagining, Charlie, 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 Charlie. <laughs> it's like a Louis C.K. or a Louis uh, theme song. Because it's like, yeah. he he's he would be, I think Charlie Brown would be a great stand-up comic. Like, I feel like if he were to hit the comic scene, like, he would, he would do really well. Because... <laughs> Man, like so much of Louis's material fits with Charlie Brown. I, I would love to see that Charlie Brown stand-up material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, then he he learns this. Uh, another song is the "I Before E" song, and it was I think it was meant to be like a mnemonic device song, but like they go so fast, and it's just like, oh, I can't keep up. Like I, I wanted to learn some of this, but I cannot keep up. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, part of part that part of the movie does seem almost educational. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're trying to instruct and be a different kind of movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then Charlie Brown gets sent off to um, nationals. Apparently, um, yeah, he, he wins the class spelling bee. Yeah, he wins the class spelling yeah. bee, and then mm-hmm. he goes off to nationals. But that he didn't realize that's what happened. He's super depressed when he finds out that he has to go to nationals. Yeah, and outperform other people because Lucy's like, oh, man, I'm going to be his manager. We're going to have all these different appearances. And Charlie Brown's like, nope, I'm retiring on top. Like, yeah, he's like, what it. are you talking about? I did it. I never have to do it again. Yeah. Like, I proved that I'm a winner. I'm yeah. Like, no, Charlie Brown, you have to keep doing this. This is only the beginning, Charlie Brown. <laughs> no, I thought I was out. <laughs> uh, and so he goes off to nationals. And um, and it gets to the point where Linus actually gives Charlie Brown his blanket. Like, it, it gets real. He's just like, take it's it, Charlie deal. Brown. Take the blanket. It'll keep you comfort. And he's like, oh, okay. Sure, thanks, Linus. And Linus loses it, basically. But not before um, we take a Beethoven break. Um, oh, sure. <laughs> and so um, Lucy and Schroeder... Uh, have a little scene together and then we take a five minute Beethoven break where they play I think Beethoven's Ninth Symphony and they play the entire song <laughs> beginning to end mm-hmm. the Schroeder sequences were always my favorite for whatever reason uh, but yeah they're not brief they <laughs> they go on uh, and I think the Lucy Schroeder dynamic is really interesting mm-hmm. that she's just like throwing herself at him and he's like I'm just interested in my music yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I really dig that. The uh, just their chemistry and just how he's just so just oblivious to her. He's like, mm-hmm. listen, I'm just really an artist into my music. Like, I, yeah, I, I really like their dynamic too. Um, and so after that, uh, Linus is tweaking uh, because he doesn't have his blanket. <laughs> uh, he is. He, like he yeah, is. He, he's having some issues. He is going through severe withdrawals. Yeah. Um, and so then. He finds Snoopy, and he's like, well, you're a hound dog. Help me find Charlie Brown. And so they go. So Snoopy and Linus go to find Charlie Brown in the competition. And uh, Charlie Brown, meanwhile, is in, I think, New York or some kind of big city. I wasn't sure at first, but it is New York because at one place you see 30 Rock. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That that ice skating rink is the one outside of Rockefeller Plaza. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so Charlie Brown uh, loses Linus's blanket because he's just been studying and trying to like 
trained himself. Like he's dispelling every single thing around him because he's trying to be good enough and he's trying to win because if he wins, then people will like him and everything will be turning up Millhouse for him. <laughs> um, but he leaves. He, he's like, I think I lost the blanket at the library. And then Linus goes to the library with Snoopy. The and, Ghostbusters library, presumably. Oh, yeah. I believe that. I, <laughs> headcanon. Uh, yeah, it's got the lions out front. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he goes there. It's not in the library. And Linus is um, yelling cartoon obscenities, um, <laughs> continually calling Charlie Brown the blockhead. <laughs> um, and then Snoopy sees that there's an ice rake. And then he starts playing imaginary hockey, which breaks into another um, music sequence uh, where he's just playing hockey and it's like some freeform jazz playing. Like it's, 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 it's weird. Like it's like these kinds of music breaks just kind of, they break up the movie, but they don't necessarily add to the story. Like really at all. It's almost like a mental break. Like, Hey, you know, this movie that you've been watching, to take a mental break and have some fun with this animation sequence. Yeah, they're almost like the game breaks in a long form improv herald. Oh yeah, yeah. So or or if you're watching a, a show, a commercial break almost, where it's like, okay, this is just to kind of like even out your palate and gear you up for the next storyline change that we're about to launch into. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, because yeah. they're pretty evenly spaced. Though I don't think there are any of them that are back to back. That'd be a little much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they punctuate. Yeah. Oh yeah. So maybe it's like an act break. Yeah, I think so. I I was pausing it to see when they were hitting, and uh, yeah, they are evenly spaced, so it would make sense that they were using it as as an act break transition. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, yeah. So then from there, Linus uh, can't find his blanket at the library, and he's upset. And then he comes back to uh, the hotel, and then. It's fine. They find out that the blanket was underneath Charlie Bell's hotel bed all along. Did you say Charlie Bell? Maybe. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was Charlie Brown's hotel bed. Yeah. It's um. It's a lot of work for Linus just yeah. to kind of end up back where it was. Yeah, and then he's super happy, and then he's like calm and normal. Um, but then they go into what everything was leading up to—the big spelling bee competition. Now, this competition, throughout the movie, Charlie Brown starts spelling words uh, that have to deal with his personality. Um, (laughs) So he spells words like um, incompetent, uh, stomach ache, insecure, failure, uh, unconfident. Oh, yeah, unconfident is a big one for him, too. And meanwhile, while, while this is going on, everyone back home is watching on TV and Lucy keeps throwing out like, Oh, that's an easy word for him. And he knows that Yeah, like, like he's well acquainted with this word. Yeah. Um, Although I don't know why you have to write down the personality traits that you deal with. Right. Unless he's like forming some kind of depressing resume. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the word, there's a word that came out that I just had to write down. Fuss budget. Fuss budget. Yeah. He nails fuss budget. What is that word? You know what? Let's look it up real quick. We're going to look up the word fuss budget right now because I am going to start trying to play that in words with friends and just <laughs> rack up points because that's an amazing word. He's like, oh, yeah, fuss budget. It's F-U-S-S. a fussy person. 
Re- a fussy person. A fussy person. Uh, it's a noun. It's North American and informal. Really? I've never heard that word before in my life. Yeah, me neither. I kind of thought it was made up just as a, a gag. Yeah. Of like, oh, you can spell the made up word. But no, it's a real word. It's a fussy person. Wow. Um, and so then his final word is beagle and he misspells it. And everyone just hates him. Like, he switches the E and the L at the yeah, end, right? B-A-G-E-L, I think is what he says. B-E-A-G. I think I just spelled bagel. Um, Big. <laughs> yeah, B-E-A-G-E-L. E-L. Yeah. Yeah. And so then like, he just goes home. I think that's the sad Charlie Brown music starts playing again. Not the traditional one, but like the, he's Charlie Brown and he's really <laughs> upset. Yeah. He's going on the bus now looking real sad. Like that song starts playing. And um and then he he locks himself in his room and then Linus is like knocking on the door. And then I think this is probably the moment where I realized, oh my gosh, this is an indie film. This is an indie film about self discovery. Mm-hmm. Everything leads up to this one exact moment. Like yeah. everything you saw leads up to Linus's line in this scene. Yeah. So Linus is like, yeah. You embarrass yourself on television. A lot of people aren't going to like you, and you've made a fool of yourself. But you know. But did you notice something, Charlie Brown? Yeah. The world didn't end. And then Charlie Brown gets up out of his bed. He puts on his shoes, and he walks out. Roll credits. Like that's 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 the end of the movie. And man, it was interesting like i wasn't what i was expecting it to be because the christmas specials are very um tightly written as far as like vignette like it's a very vignette type um special like the christmas special is all christmas themed we have the main storyline of charlie brown trying to find this christmas tree for this pageant but we also have these other vignettes with other people like writing letters to Santa, all these other things that are Christmas themed. So it feels all very tied together, but this was not that completely like it, it it told a narrative story Mm -hmm. of Charlie Brown trying to like find something that he's good at, but the way that they told it, um, it, it almost felt like it should have just been a special almost. Yeah. I think they could have cut it down to a special, it's interesting the way it flows, though, because Linus is such a voice of reason for Charlie Brown. Mm. I was wondering why that that whole blanket distraction happened. It's like, well, why does he have to freak out so badly about the blanket? And I think it's so that he can't be that solid rock for Charlie Brown when Charlie Brown really needs him. Mm-hmm. They're just going to remove him from the equation. Yeah. Um, which is not necessarily a deviation that they would have taken in a special it's just the kind of thing that they would have extended over the life of a of a feature so i think they're really easily changed choices to make it shorter but yeah um if the goal was to make the first charlie brown movie i think it it bobs and weaves enough to to carry that narrative yeah yeah and this was the first of four of the theatrical theatrically released ones and i uh the research I did, there are um, 
the first two were made by CBS Studios, and then the ones after that, I think that some people are more familiar with, like I think Bon Voyage, Charlie Brown, and Never Come Back, um, was I think the last feature that they had. Um, mm. And I kind of remember that, but very vaguely. But I know that that deals more with like these different Peanuts characters going on adventures and doing um, different things. But yeah, I think for the first movie, it makes a lot of sense, especially since it came out in 1969. I mean... Yeah, I mean, we just got to the moon. Yeah, just like, oh man, this movie has to compete with the moon. <laughs> yeah, that was the the benchmark for all movies released in 1969. Well, yeah. is it more interesting than the moon landing? Oh, uh, not I'm interested. Not interested. <laughs> so overall, what would you say your thoughts are? I think it is a classic movie that should be viewed in the time period that it was released. Mm-hmm. Um. We've, we've talked about some movies that were like, yeah, you could show these today and like there's not a huge disconnect. I think stylistically uh, and visually in the animation, there there is a roughness to it mm-hmm. that modern audiences wouldn't necessarily have the patience for or the tolerance for outside of the context of when it was originally shown. Mm-hmm. Like some of the lip syncing is really off and um, even stylistically with the way they use frames to make it feel like a comic strip at some times, yeah. like that comic strip pacing is actually shown in the animation, um, which I don't know if it necessarily makes sense. If you don't know that this w- was already a comic strip character, mm-hmm. um, which I, in modern audiences, some people don't, I actually heard a comment the other day where someone was talking about the new Charlie Brown movie coming out. And they said, why is the MetLife mascot in a movie? What? And it's like, wow. are you, what? <laughs> what? Uh, so I I think there are some blind spots uh, as far as modern audiences that would keep them from fully enjoying this, uh, this yeah. movie, A Boy Named Charlie Brown. Um, but overall, the narrative is inspiring. Oh, totally. Your, yeah, your problems are not as big as you think they are. Absolutely. And uh that that's a message that's always going to be relevant mm-hmm. and we're going to take that perfect line and segue into the second of the show where we say um how we would remake this movie if we mm-hmm. were to remake it today and honestly i would make it a live action if, if it were to be a boy named charlie brown i would make it a live action movie um, starring Michael Sarah as Charlie Brown. Um, and it would be an indie film. It would be an indie film in the vein of like um, 500 Days of Summer or an indie-like film. I guess that's not technically an indie film. Uh, oh, but no, like Garden State. Like it would be like Garden State mm-hmm. um, where Charlie Brown is just on a journey to find himself. Um, but like that's it. Like I, And it would be just a tighter story um, and I would want all the characters to be the same, um, except I want Snoopy to be animated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, yeah, I in the same vein of You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, uh, the stage play, mm-hmm. I would want it to be live action. Yeah. Uh, just like you said. Uh, I would. I think your idea of Louis C.K. being Charlie Brown is too good to pass <laughs> up. Like I would just cast Louis C.K. Yes. as Charlie Brown. Probably Bill Hader as Linus. What? Yes, I'm yeah. down. Yes, I think that would be fun. Oh, yeah. There's a um, because an interesting thing that I uh, found was that 
your good man Charlie Brown actually predates a, um, this movie. Your good oh, man really? Charlie Brown was first written in 1966. The stage play came out before. Yeah. Wow. And, that uh, is interesting, especially since so many iconic things come from this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think modern uh, productions of Your Good Man Charlie Brown pull in some of these influences in the directorial choices, mm-hmm. but uh, that's really interesting. Um, I think uh, I'd probably also cast Zoe De Chanel as Sally. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And who would who would be Lucy? Oh, Aubrey Plaza. Hands oh, down. Oh, absolutely. Hands down. I mean, the age disparity in this cast doesn't make sense, <laughs> but the personalities are spot on. And then, oh, but, what, but what if they were adults? Like, what if they were, like, what if we just had them as adults? Oh yeah, that, no, that's what I'm thinking. Like, this is this is them grown up. Oh yes. Yeah, and be like, Lucy, you aged remarkably. Charlie <laughs> Brown, you look <sighs> like Louis C.K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like, what if it was called a man named Charlie Brown? A man named Charlie Brown, yeah. And it's just him, 30 years in the future. <laughs> oh, He's man. so good. I, I think that. we would just have him do the stand-up. We'd have him do Louis C.K.'s stand-up. Yeah, and then instead of it just being this random wall, they're just like at a bar, and they're just like hunched over, <laughs> just talking. This, yeah, oh yeah, that's great. Yeah. I was thinking you take the brick wall and just put it behind him to be the comedy club. Oh, that's even better. I like yeah. that. <laughs> and I'd probably have Danny DeVito play Snoopy. <laughs> Yes, I'm in. You're listening, Hollywood. This is the movie people want to see. Danny DeVito makes things happen. He does. He really it's, does. It's always sunny still doing new episodes, I think. <laughs> Do you think? Uh, I never know. I see new posters for it occasionally. It's like, oh, new episodes. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And so um, now we have a surprise segment. Uh, Grayson doesn't know about this segment yet. Um, oh, man. But... I'll give you a second to kind of prepare for it. Okay, wait. But, I'm prepared. Perfect. So, um, in the movie, Charlie Brown has to spell words that describe him. Mm. And so, we're going to do an impromptu spelling bee. Oh, no. <laughs> I got such low scores on my <laughs> spelling tests in elementary school. I, I legitimately got 30s and 40s on my spelling tests in fourth grade. Oh, man. Well, I just miss spelled beagle um as bagel so i'm not gonna <laughs> i always wanted at growing up i wanted to be in spelling bees because i'm like mm-hmm. i was very much like charlie brown in the sense of like oh man so many people are gonna respect me if i win this spelling bee oh it's a big deal now yeah it's on one of the espns <laughs> yeah it is one it's on one of the 20 <laughs> yeah so i was in the geography bee when i was a kid there's a geography do you just look at you just look at a blank map and just point to something and say, yeah, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. Bing. That's okay. incorrect. It's not there. Um, <laughs> I, no, they, they ask you geography questions. So I still remember the question I got out on because uh, it said, what country is home to sumo wrestlers and bullet trains? And I immediately said, China. And like, bing, it is Japan. Oh, like, well, I'm in third grade. (laughs) (laughs) My global scope is pretty narrow. The fact that we're doing this B is pretty convoluted. This is this is a fool's errand. Good day. Walk off stage. Uh, I didn't say any of that. I just cried. 
I just imagine you as a Charlie Brown character saying all that. I was so mad. I was so <laughs> mad. Okay, so all right. there is... Spelling. Yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to do words for each other. We're going to try to... Oh, um, okay. We're going to come up with three words that best describe each the other. other person. Um, okay. And we're going to try to come up with challenging words. Okay. Um, and so we will start now. So, Grayson, your first word is altitudinous. Oh, my gosh. Can I have it in a sentence? Your first word is altitudinous. Got it. Okay. <laughs> altitudinous. Am I saying that correctly? Mm-hmm. Okay. Altitudinous. A L T I T E N O U S. Altitudinous. That is incorrect. I hate this game, Ricky. <laughs> the correct spelling is A L T I T U D I N O U S. I missed like a whole section in the middle. <laughs> there was a whole. I spelled altitudinous. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but. That word is the synonym for being tall. Oh, that makes sense. Altitude, yeah. Yeah. So you're you're tall. Yeah, tallish. Yeah, tallish. All right, Ricky, your first word is adroit. Oh, no. Adroit. Can can you use it in a sentence? These are not the adroits you're looking for. (laughs) Okay. Adroit. A D R O I. I D T adroit. Oh, so close. No, no D. No. D. Yeah. Uh, you had it except for the added D. A D R O I T. Oh, I added adroit. D because I'm like, well, maybe it's going to be worse. Yeah. Or like German or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just throw in extra letters. No, it's no, that, that was, that was a softball, that was, but, um, it's, uh, it means skilled oh, thank or you. artful. Yeah. Nice. Okay. All right. Let's see. Okay. Round two. Uh, typical spelling B, we would both be out. Yes. <laughs> We'd be gone. Our numbers would be ripped from our chests. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Everyone in town would be booing us. All right. So, your next word, and I'm not even sure I'm going to pronounce this correctly Simotricus. Simotricus. Right, here, let me try this. Simotri. Nope. I'm going to go with the first one. <laughs> All right. You go S I. Oh, I got to say it. Simotricus. S I M O T R I C O U S. Oh, my gosh. Simotricus. You were so close. C Y M O T R. R I C H O U S. I feel like I'm not as close as you're making me think I was. <laughs> well, you got the Motricus part, really. I got, <laughs> I got Motricus. Yeah. yeah. Motricus, uh, Mo problems. <laughs> Motricus, Mo problems. It's an adjective and it means wavy hair. Lazy hair? Wavy. Oh, I was gonna say, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Your second word for kicks and giggles is jocose. Jocose. Can you, can you please use it in a sentence? 
Man, you are so jocose. <laughs> okay, um, jocose. J a c o s. Jocose. Let me say it. Uh, let me. Okay. Let me listen to the pronunciation real quick. Okay. okay. I'm gonna redo that. It's jocose. Jocose. Yeah. No change in my spelling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Same. <laughs> Would you like to try it again? No. No. So how did you spell it? You spelled it J. I think J. O. C. O. S. Would you like one more letter at the end? E. Yeah. J O C O S E. Jocos. Oh man, you're such a Meaning... forgiving judge. I know. <laughs> I'd never cut it in DC. <laughs> uh, meaning humorous or jocular, playful. Oh. Waggish is another synonym. Thanks, man. I'm just yeah. describing attributes. <laughs> He's tall, yeah, wavy hair. <laughs> very different level. I am so sorry. I should have come up with better words. Okay. Well, how about this? I, I think this one, uh, hopefully, uh, last word for me. Oh, goodness. Prospicious. Prospicious? Prospicious. Prospicious. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a, a name from the 1800s. It's like, have you met my daughter, Prospicious? <laughs> uh, okay. She's looking to wed. If you know anyone who's new in town. She has two older sisters that hope to wed, but Prospicious. <laughs> I can't even say it. How am I going to spell it? I can barely say it. Prospicious. Yeah. Prospicious. P R O S P I N T I N C E. Just lost steam at the end. I was like, oh. I throw a T in there. You're so you're close on like the first half. That's how I do it. I spell the first half uh, closely. <laughs> okay, so prospicious is pronounced or not? It's not pronounced like that, but it's spelled P R O S. P-I-C-I-E-N-C-E. I feel like this would be an insufferable podcast <laughs> if we did this every week for an hour. Uh, welcome to the Flashback uh, Flick Spelling Bee. Uh, we will be spelling words uh, that no one knows how to spell. Oh my goodness. And I hope you're keeping track as we spell them rapidly <laughs> with no visuals. Yeah, but that means um, the act of looking forward, having foresight. And, oh, uh, I was going to say, like, I'm facing the webcam. Yeah. <laughs> looking, facing forward. Yes. Just, Every time I look at you and you're looking at me, you are facing forward. You are prospicient. Nice. All right. So I actually changed my last word. My last word was going to be loquacious, but I changed it to match your your word choice of oh, just, no. just physically describing <laughs> each other. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. Let me get the pronunciation. All right, your word is hirsute. Hirsute? Hirsute. Like Hannibal Lecter wants to make a hirsute. Yeah. Okay. Technically Buffalo Bill, but we yeah, haven't yeah, reviewed yeah. that movie Buffalo yet. Bill. Thank you. Yeah. yeah buff- okay, got hirsute. Yeah, hirsute, as in, oh my gosh, have you seen hirsute? <laughs> um, not to be confused with, all right, we're in hot hirsute. We're in hot hirsute. Okay, got it. <laughs> That's okay. hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> all right, um, hirsute. Her suit. H U R S U I T E. Her suit. 
No. How close Ding. was I? <laughs> the spirit of it was there. <laughs> it's H I R S U T E. Huh. Soot, soot? Like her soot? Yeah, so you, you had it like her sweet. Ah. But it's, uh, yeah, her suit. Anyway, it means bearded. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. The hirsute gentleman decided to web prospicience or whatever <laughs> that <laughs> word was. Prospicience? Would you I know, don't know. meet this we, hirsuted young man? We just spelled it and I can't even remember what the word was. <laughs> prospicience. You know, that does sound like an old timey name for for someone's daughter. Yeah. Prospicience hirsute the third. <laughs> well that was a fun game i hope it was equally as fun to listen to yeah let us know yeah. how you guys did on any of these words um i'm sure that you had to have done better than us oh that was embarrassing i didn't get any of them right you at least got the middle one yeah but you helped you got me on that right <laughs> like, let me re-say would it you like to buy a vowel it's like i would oh yeah man yeah, if i were spelling be judge i'd be like and <laughs> and anything else you'd want to say yeah all right and now we're going to hit into the segment of the show where we talk about our reasons to recommend because even with movies that um are as ambitious as this i think we can always find a reason to recommend it so we'll start with grayson why would you recommend this movie yeah first thing is it's genuinely funny yeah. there are bits that are just funny bits like the baseball scene has a ton of funny elements to it it's the great pairing of kids in kids situations but talking like adults Mm -hmm. so it it has a lot of funny elements to it i also recommend it just because it's got some great lessons in it and that was really the strength of charles schultz's writing um for the the 50 odd years that he he did the peanuts comic strip and uh he was able to tap into these life lessons where essentially uh, a boy named charlie brown is an 84 minute lesson on have some perspective. Mm-hmm. You you are down on yourself, but you have friends, you have people that are looking out for you, and your mistakes did not cause the end of the world. The only person that is as frustrated with you is you. Uh, so it's got some good perspective and life lessons that I think are worth remembering, especially in this day and age. Oh, totally. I think that's great. Yeah, going back to like why I would recommend this movie because it is it is visually like there's a lot of physical comedy like in that. Mm-hmm. Like Snoopy, there's this one time when Linus is freaking out and like he's like, Charlie Brown, where's my blanket? He's like really stressed out and like Charlie Brown's like, Oh my gosh, are you okay? Do you need anything like water? Snoopy runs out and grabs some water and just drinks it himself. <laughs> that is such a great he does it three times. He does too. it three times. And it is just perfect. And um yeah, and they have it has a lot of really great funny moments like that. Um mm. and I, I and I completely agree. I think it really is um a coming of age film kind of. It's like Charlie Brown coming to terms with like, hey, even if I do some things right um and even when things don't go how i planned them like it's not the end of the world and like there will be another day and he can always just try again like i think that's kind of the um 
the heart of it because uh, going into Charles Schultz and a lot of his works is like Charlie Brown is based largely on him and he has a lot of um, insecurities or frustrations about like how things could have gone and how um, things would be better if they went a certain way. But like the same thing happens with Charlie Brown. Like even if things do go a certain way, it might not be in the way that you expected it or it mm-hmm. might not end as you want it to, but it doesn't mean that you still don't have the people around you or just like there's more to life than achieving these different things that you're building up in your head. Um, yeah. And I think it really lends itself well to being an indie film. So I think if you're <laughs> looking for inspiration for a great indie film, uh, a boy named Charlie Brown is, is the one for you. Yeah, there's like three levels of hipster there. <laughs> yeah, the only real way to watch it is on 35 millimeter film. Oh yeah, projected with yeah. an old timey bulb <laughs> that I bought at Urban Outfitters. <laughs> Actually, there's a slideshow that you can watch. That's the only real way to watch it. And you can hire this guy out of Soho who will um, actually narrate the film along <laughs> while a vaudeville pianist accompanies him. Great. So thank you guys uh, so much for listening to another episode of the Flashback Flicks podcast. Let us know what you think. And if you are looking to watch this film uh, yourself, Google it on the Internet. And I'm sure that you will find um, either a DVD copy or go to your local store where I'm sure it's somewhere uh, there as well. <laughs> um, and be sure to give us a rating and let us know uh, rating on your enjoyment of the podcast, not on how well we spelt words because uh, <laughs> because we we did not spell words there. But yeah, give us a rating. It'll really uh, boost our self-esteem and help us uh, feel like we are not blockheads. But even if you didn't like it, Linus has told me that it's okay. Yeah. If you didn't like it, the world won't end, and we'll be okay with that. But we hope you liked it. We really, really hope you liked it. We really want you to (laughs) like this. How can they get in touch with us, Ricky? Be sure to follow us on the uh, Flashback Flicks Twitter, because we will be posting teasers and fun little tidbits about our next movie, which will be... Taking an in-depth look at public transportation. Stay tuned. Next time on the Flashback Flicks podcast, and remember to be kind... And rewind.